Hello and welcome aboard to this episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to following the entire story of One Piece from beginning to end as we focus on one volume each episode. We keep the discussion spoiler free for new fans of the series. So if this is your uh, first time through the series, it's a perfect place to follow along. Uh, or if you just want to revisit the world of One Piece with us, uh, you can come along here. This week, we will be covering Volume 21, Utopia, which covers chapters 187 through 195. My name is Joel, and joining me today, we have Evan. Evan here. Welcome aboard. So we had a, a little hiatus, uh, so appreciate your patience there. Um, I went to you know, Japan, so that was a so cool, cool place for I'm one so piece. I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. Uh, but back to real life now. <laughs> hey, I mean, um, it's One Piece, so it's, it, it could be worse. <laughs> uh, they did have a few One Piece stores over in Japan, so I got to check them out. Wow. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I also have something I have to uh, to show you later, but uh, I got a, a Shushu uh, stuffed animal. What? <laughs> So, uh, I, so I just have cool. it in my uh, my bag. I haven't fully unpacked, but maybe I'll, I'll bring it on next episode. Yeah, um, I can't wait for all the details. <laughs> yeah, but when I saw the Shushu stuffed animal, I'm like, I need to get this. This is perfect. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> all right, but um, let's get into the brief summary from last volume. It's been a little bit, so let's get a little refresher here. Uh, Luffy had a showdown with Crocodile in the desert. After three minutes, Luffy was unable to land a hit on Crocodile. Crocodile pierced Luffy with his hook and left him for dead in the desert. Missile Sunday pulls Luffy out from the sand for an unknown reason and has Pell fly off with Luffy. The rest of the crew made their way to Albarna in an attempt to stop the rebel army from fighting. The crew is able to trick Brokework's officer agents into splitting up while Vivi tries to make her way to the palace. Mr. Two's disguise as Usopp fails to, uh, to trick Vivi as he didn't realize that the true indicator of their uh, to reveal their identity was the X mark beneath the bandages. As Vivi makes a run for the palace, Sanji intervenes and holds off Mr. Two. Outside the gates, Chopper and Usopp manage to defeat Mr. Four and Miss Merry Christmas. So before we move on with the story in Alabasta, we get the next part of the cover story. Hachi's Walk on the Seafloor, Volume 5. Hachi encounters a hungry man. Hachi surfaces to find a hungry man on an island, so he offers him the meat that the panda shark gave him. Do we know this guy? Um, I don't know him. Do you know him? No. <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to know who this is? Um, no, I don't know. I think it's just some random dude. I think so, too. But watch, he'll, he'll show up in, uh, in chapter... Uh, 837. So <laughs> yeah, right. Don't, don't forget his face. Remember that time? <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, now, I don't think there's any real significance to this character. Uh, he's just... Um, I think he's just somebody who, who's been shipwrecked on this island probably for a while, so he's pretty hungry. It's also it looks like a pretty small island, at least from what we can see. So uh, Just Hachi, Hachi doing some good day. deeds. Yeah. <laughs> Try to make up for... Uh, you know, the bad stuff that uh, Arwong was doing. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next chapter. Chapter 187, Stalemate. Koza fights his way through Alabaster's forces along with his army. 
Kosa says he needs to make his way to the palace to give Cobra one last chance to surrender. Vivi makes it to the Alabasa guards and asks them to take her to Chaka, saying she needs him to carry out a task. Sanji and Mr. Two are evenly matched as they continue to battle it out. Realizing he needs to take this seriously, Mr. Two uses the power of his clone clone fruit to combine the weirdest features of the different people he's copied in order to attempt to cripple Sanji with laughter. Turns out, it was just his own face with Usopp's nose. Sanji is unfazed, so Mr. Two takes on Usopp's form. Surely he wanted his friend, right? Sanji doesn't hesitate. Impressed by Sanji, Mr. Two thinks it may be useless to try to use his friends against him. So he transforms into Nami as, uh, as he says this. Jackpot. Vivi has made it to the palace, but Chaka's in disbelief. Vivi wants him to destroy the palace. All right, so uh, what do you uh, what do you think of the fight so far? Oh my gosh! I, I mean, this is such a great matchup. Like all the French attacks being yelled back and forth. Like they're both <laughs> they're so evenly matched. Like they're so they're both like kick fighters. They're both like, yeah, you know kicking attacks only and also both yelling out like french inspired uh attack names which i love um and then bonclay uses the clone ability to (laughs) make what did he say like the most the funniest it was like so funny or so weird that like people would laugh yeah like the weirdest face uh yeah the weirdest face possible weirdest features of everybody combined (laughs) (laughs) that was incredible and it's exactly how he normally looks, but with Usopp's nose. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. And Saji totally like calls him out on it too. <laughs> yeah. That was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and um, yeah. So like you said, I think this is um it's not a match you would initially think is like a perfect matchup, but like as they fight, like you realize like they are like yeah. the perfect like pair to go against. Um the perfect pair. Yeah. And, and as they're trading Bong- blows, or sorry, go ahead. Yeah, as they're trading blows, I just uh, it was it was just cracking me up the way like um, Mister Two is like he's like going un do why you and then like he keeps doing it's like a sequence like he keeps saying the same thing and like the why you part just kept like cracking me up for some reason. But yeah, <laughs> it's like he doesn't expect him to actually get hit like in this fight. It's like why you? Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, these two are a great match. And then he finds Sanji's weakness at the end when he turns into Nami. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that coming, but that was great. <laughs> like that moment when he had the realization. There's like three panels where he's like switching his faces and Sanji's just like deadpan yeah. and he switches to Nami's face. And literally like his t- it's like the scene from Mask where like the eyeballs pop out and the tongue, <laughs> the jaw drops and the tongue rolls out. Yeah. And then it goes back to normal. Yeah, that, that, that's hilarious. Because like he just like changes like so on a diamond, like, like oh. perfect like reaction. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bon Clay's like got you. But before that, um... and then we see some her- heroism from uh, Vivi. I mean, like pretty drastic, but also like you know, drastic times call for drastic measures. Sort of situation where she's like, "We need to destroy the palace, make a statement." Yeah, that that seems like like inconceivable it's like nobody would think to do yeah. this but when the princess herself so yeah decides to um to try to go this route like you know she she's serious and like 
to her that's not important it's like the people that are important like the palace yeah. is just um it's just a building you know it's something that could be rebuilt if, if needed um it doesn't matter if it gets destroyed it's the people that matter in this case yeah seeing vivi like finally in her element like back you know home like back in her home you know giving uh orders and uh being a princess you know yeah which i think is pretty cool uh but just going back to this uh the sanji and mr two fight real quick um (laughs) so much good stuff happening here um so like sanji like talks like big over here um and says that like you know basically um him changing his face to his friends isn't gonna work on him it's was inside the counts so after he gives like this whole big speech mr two reacts like how he's like so cool and that he's like oh um, yeah impressed by sanji here and then like immediately after that totally gets like overturned by uh him being so shallow and <laughs> he changes into now so i just think it's like it was funny um just kind of lead up into that moment he's super rational until it comes to nami <laughs> and then he yeah. loses all sense of of rationale yeah <laughs> yeah good stuff yeah um I don't really have too much to add here. Do you have any other final thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm good on 87. Okay, cool. So next part of the cover story, Hachi's Walk on the C4, Volume 6. Hachi receives a ring in gratitude. Hachi says his farewell to the man, still stranded on the island, now with a cool ring in hand. Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> he gets three waves, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Sashi's six arms. Um, well, now the guy is looks like he's fishing. He's trying to get some, uh, some more food. And that we see how tiny the island actually is. Yeah, so. the island is is <laughs> tiny. One palm, one palm tree tiny. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, Hachi probably wouldn't be able to ferry him because he doesn't have um, like the giant like uh, pot That's right. that he brought Zoro in before. Yep. So he, <laughs> he just kind of leaves him here. <laughs> like, good luck. Hope somebody else finds you. <laughs> See you later. Thanks for the ring. (laughs) Okay. Uh, How about we get your summary for the next chapter? All right. Chapter 188. Oh, come my way, karate. Destroy the palace. The palace guard is in an uproar after hearing Vivi's orders. But Chaka, seeing Cobra and Vivi, agrees to her decision. Meanwhile, on Polka Boulevard, Bon Clay has the upper hand as Sanji refuses to hit his beloved Nami. As Bon Clay goes for the finishing move, Sanji is finally able to land a blow. He found a flaw in Bon Clay's ability. Right before attacking, Bon Clay must revert to their original form by touching their face, which leaves an opening for Sanji. Just as the tide begins to turn, Bon Clay reveals their next ability, Prima Ballerina, where Bon Clay attaches the swans from their outfit onto their ballet shoes. With the extended reach and bullet-like beaks, Bon Clay takes the offensive. Sanjay, Sanji sees an opening and tells Bon Clay, there is something on your cheek. Bon Clay falls for the oldest trick in the book and pays the price as Sanji lands a massive blow. <laughs> yeah, so th- this is um, you know, just a pretty great fight still going on here. Um... And when it seems pretty hopeless, like Sanji doesn't seem to have a way around, um, you know, Bonkoi's ability to take on Nami's form. Uh, yep. He does. He does see that there's an opening here, so he, he's able to take advantage of that, um, and kind of outsmarts uh, Mister Two here. 
yeah, this fight is so good. <laughs> so there's a moment where um, Bon Clay is kind of using Nami's looks to uh, swoon um, Sanji and his eyes are popping out of his head. <laughs> and this happens a lot when Sanji sees Nami, his eyes literally pop out of his head in the shape of heart. <laughs> but in this scene, Bon Clay kicks the heart. Like he kicks the eye heart that comes out of <laughs> like as if it actually happened. And it's not just an emote. Like he actually kicks the eye. I didn't even notice that. Oh my gosh. That's I thought so that good. was absolutely amazing. And um, um I'm also just noticing too, like in the panel right before that, only one of his eyes is popping out. The other one's covered by the hair, so you don't see it, but only one <laughs> yep. eye is actually popping out. <laughs> so good. Uh, I thought that was incredible um kind of breaking the fourth wall there a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> um yeah let me see some of bond clay's uh pretty crazy moves yeah and then, <laughs> uh sanji does straight up say my eye like right after he gets kicked so uh acknowledging yeah no like it, it totally <laughs> happened like they totally acknowledge it you see it getting like hit to the side i thought that was just amazing that's so good yeah that's so good very aware. Um, but yeah, Sanji clearly struggling here. Um, yeah, I like how in um, like the next sequence, how um, Mr. Two throws like the mascara boomerang. Mm-hmm. But then like in the middle of the attack, as like the boomerangs are midair, he switches to Nami's form and stops Sanji dead in his tracks. And then that causes the boomerang to go around behind and still come through and hit him. So while yeah. Sanji's distracted by, by his Nami form, uh, so Mr. Two is also kind of uh, try and use those tactics to try to get the upper hand here. Yeah. Yeah, Bonkley is playing to their strengths here, you know, like. And getting the upper hand. And then Sanji finally yeah. figures out the the tell, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mr. Two is like, not really like um, trying to like acknowledge it at first. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I can't hear you. <laughs> So like Sanji's trying to like say like, I figure out how like your thing works like he's not really like, like yeah you know, like, oh yeah that's exactly how it works <laughs> but then like like a few seconds later he's like okay so what you figure it out but it doesn't matter I'm still gonna beat you and just when you thought Bonclay's outfit couldn't get any crazier <laughs> they got this swan feet which is quite a look yeah it looks so goofy. But but a cool tactic because like mm. you know it does give Bonclay an advantage over Sanji when they're you know kicking, kick fighting. Yeah, so, so um, that was kind of a clever use of um, also part of the outfit that we've been seeing on Bonclay the whole time, like mm. those swan heads, and they, it's funny <laughs> that they serve a purpose and they're like part of one of Bonclay's power up moves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it gives Bonclay um, like a longer reach with his kicks. Yeah. So uh that's one advantage over Sanji. But then we also see him like like pierce a hole like in the wall like cleanly. Yep. So that shows just like oh actually was that the um the next was that this chapter? Was it? Yeah, I think so. Bonclay like compares yeah, the okay. attack to like a bullet. Like he can pierce whatever. Yeah, that's right. Because like, yeah, Sanji says like there's no cracks around the hole, so he's like shocked yeah. to see like um, just like how clean like the hit is, because mm-hmm. it's all like um, basically like focus at the the tip. Uh, also, uh, I wanted to mention 
they they just finished revealing like the um set four of the one piece card game oh cool and uh like part of it is focused on alabasta uh but they have a sanji card and a mr two card but the artwork lines up uh where they're each kicking like out of frame and like their legs are basically like crossing with what? the art of the other oh, card. that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool yeah i'll see if i can find speaking it speaking of artwork lining up did you notice that this cover and then the cover of volume uh 22 lineup yeah so that that's that's too. so cool yeah. <laughs> i just noticed that today i was like whoa that's awesome so it's, it's on brand kind of but stuff. the card game is doing that kind of thing now too with that. yeah that's super fun i love yeah. that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah because they, they really are like a, a great matchup like they yeah. they yeah a match made in heaven yeah, no, just a, cool a slight though. tangent there. Um, did you also notice, like in the beginning, when, um, when Bonkley revealed himself as nominee is like trying to swoon, uh, Sanji, and the Doom has the hearts in it. <laughs> so uh -oh. it's like the, it's like the Doom with hearts. I love that. Yeah, that's a, a little detail. I didn't, I didn't really pick up on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Yeah, this is a fun chapter. Just like a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, uh, I love this little panel, like, above that, too, where, uh, like, Sanji's, like, crying, saying, like, she's so cute. But, like, you see, like, just Mr. Two kind of, like, doing this, like, goofy little dance as Nami in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got him. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun chapter. Yeah, so uh, basically ends um, mid mid attack. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much all I had on this one. Yeah, same. Hey, right, I ready to move on? Yep. Okay. Next part of the cover story: Hachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume Seven: The Goldfish Princess Who Lost Her Ring. Hachi happens upon a goldfish princess who is happy to see Hachi found her missing ring. What a coincidence. So we're getting like a, a video game like trading sequence where it's like every character gives you something that they, you give to another character that gives you something to yep. give to another character. <laughs> <laughs> yup. It's just like um, like Link's Awakening. I don't know if you ever played that one on Game Boy. Mm -mm. Um, it came out on Switch too. They actually did a remake for it. But yeah, that, that's something right of that game where, where you like you get one item and it just starts like a chain of like trading to get like another item like down the road. Like so you get like that's a cool. reward at the end. But that's basically like what this is. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious to see where this this uh, side story goes. Because so, so, so far it's just been like Haji doing a bunch of uh, good deeds. Yeah, <laughs> it's like proving like like we already liked Haji, but like Haji's a good guy. Yeah, like out of like all the Arlong pirates. Like you, yeah. you, you kind of felt like, yeah, he he was a little bit more um, good natured than you know the other yeah. guys who were a little bit more, uh, you know, brutal. But like Haji, kind of seemed like he had a good nature, kind of naivety about him, you know. Yeah. Okay. I think they're building up his likability. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, chapter one hundred eighty nine, two. After a long and grueling battle, Sanji manages to defeat Mr. Two. Realizing he's been defeated, Mr. Two admits he's been beaten and tells Sanji to finish him off. 
Instead, Sanji tells him it was a good fight and offers out his hand, then beats him up before taking Usopp's goggles back. So much for that friendship. The royal guards gather explosives to carry out Vivi's order. As Vivi looks on with Chaka, she mentions that she's worried about her friends. Chaka says Vivi has grown these past few years and they will have to throw a celebration for her and her friends once this is over. Suddenly, one of the guards falls from the roof. Crocodile has arrived and he is not happy that they plan to destroy his future home. Zoro is trying to find Nami, who he now sees is being chased by Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger. He decides to try to find a shortcut to cut them off. Well, uh, we'll see if that works out for Zoro. <laughs> yeah, directions are history. That was hilarious. <laughs> I love that that's that scene you're talking about when Zoro goes to take a shortcut and like Guru or the sorry, the duck squad is like, where is he going? And there's literally an arrow on the ground pointing directly like the quickest route to Nami and Co. Like that was hilarious. <laughs> Poor Nami. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so what'd you think of this one? I mean, just continuing on this epic uh, battle, there's an amazing full page um, panel here of the two of them kind of like um, kind of doing the same move, like mirroring each other. They're both doing like their like key moves. This is right before the the like finishing move. I don't know, maybe it is, is the, the finishing move. The, um, the Vo Vengeance page? Yeah, Vo Vengeance and the Swam Bombardier dive. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's such a cool uh panel. They're kind of like yin yin and yang. They're kind of like <laughs> mirroring each other, doing the same move. And it's like who's gonna, you know, land standing up. It's kind of like um, those, like the like the samurai battle where like they like take the swords and they like slash each other at the same time and they like there's like the moment where they're both standing and you see like who's gonna fall. Yes, and then uh, exactly yeah. like that. exactly yeah. like that. <laughs> and then uh, they're both standing there, but then like it's kind of a delayed reaction where Mister Two like takes the hit and he goes flying into the wall, which is pretty cool. Yeah, like don't think about it too hard, but like, it's cool. So. <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sanji walks away, and then Sanji walks away looking like a total badass in this scene. Yeah. Um, he's like, looks like I broke some more ribs, like, super casually he's walking away. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like a very Zoro thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> but don't tell Sanji you said that. I won't. I won't. <laughs> um, no, I thought that, that was a, a very cool finale to a very cool um, fight sequence i enjoyed their battle i thought that was super fun yeah and then there's kind of this like little heartwarming moment too where like you know mr two is you know he acknowledges he's been defeated yeah um, it's like like the organization is going to eliminate me anyway so you might as well just finish me off but sanji kind of like has like a moment of mercy puts his hand out and like he said it's a good fight nothing more to be said and they're like they kind of shake hands, but <laughs> Mr. Two's like really touched. And then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Sanji just like, you know, basically knocks him out and takes the goggles. Like, <laughs> so kind of like a fake out. But I think there's like a, like a genuine moment here as well. But like, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's not like it wasn't just to attack him again. I think there actually was a legitimate kind of like camaraderie here. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, Sanji definitely could have killed. Bonclay. Yeah. And Bonclay even like accepted that and admitted defeat. Um, 
But Sanji, yeah, showing some mercy and respect. Respect for sure. Yeah. 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 So they even have like the the little um box here. Uh, winner Sanji, spoils of victory, a dubious friendship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> love that. Uh, uh, and they, I love how he's been kind of giving those updates throughout this whole this whole uh, series, like this whole arc. You know, like yeah. the little like we've got you know so and so versus so and so over here at like this area, and like usually gives a small map, kind of indicating like where we are in the battle. And uh, I found that all like really fun and makes it a little easier to follow everything that's happening because we are jumping all over the place. Yeah, I, I like those details too because it says South Block the battle. Of Polka Boulevard, uh, like you said, um, yeah, it's just kind of nice. Like it's like you can kind of follow along in that way. It's like kind of yeah. it's a detail that's it's like nice to have. It's not super necessary, but it's like it's nice as there. Totally. But we also get to shift focus here outside the battle, so we we kind of get a little bit more plot stuff here because um, they're going to blow up the palace, and yep. um, this, this is pretty shocking when the body just kind of falls from. Um, from like the roof, and uh, Crocodile shows up. Um, yeah. So yeah, th- this is just a kind of moment that like kind of makes like your heart drop because uh, Crocodile shows up here and like VB's here without like any of the straw hats to defend her. Like Chalk right. is here, but we don't really know the extent of his abilities yet. So yeah, um, and we know how powerful Crocodile is. So yeah, yeah. not a. Yeah, like you said, a nerving moment for sure. Unnerving. Yeah. And he, he arrives by dropping somebody from the roof, which is uh, pretty brutal. Very brutal. Yeah, not good. Um, yeah, then we get the setup for the Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger versus uh, Zoro and Nami. So this one seems like a double battle at first, um, but they're kind of setting up the stage for for this this fight to happen. But right now it looks like less of a fight and more of like a run. Yeah, Nami is just. <laughs> and then Miss Doublefinger like still doing the same walk, like even though she's like chasing after like Nami, like Nami's running. <laughs> Miss Doublefinger is still doing the same thing. It's kind of like Michael Myers, like it's just kind of walk. He's like a run. Yeah. <laughs> In style. But their tactic yeah. is to try to take out the weaker target first. So they, they see Nami as like the, the weakling. So like easy prey. Yeah. I mean, she's running and screaming. So yeah. <laughs> clearly the weaker. <laughs> Making yourself the obvious weakest link. <laughs> yeah. So far, Zoro's not really showing up to be uh, much help. So, <laughs> right. Okay, uh, any other thoughts on this chapter? I'm set to move on. Okay. Okay, so Hachi's Walk on the C4, Volume 8, The Golden Trident Given in Gratitude. As thanks for returning the ring, the Goldfish Princess gives Hachi a shiny gold trident. Upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, continuing yeah. The, uh, the trading quest. Yeah, it's like you said. (laughs) All right, let's get the next summary. Chapter 190, Climate Baton. 
Nami continues to flee Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger, but she knows she can't run forever. Mr. One lunges for Nami, but is met by Zoro's sword. Zoro and Mr. One face off, and Mr. One reveals he has eaten the dice dice fruit, making him into a human sword. As the swordsman and sword man face off, <laughs> Miss Doublefinger chases after Nami, who is again fleeing for her life. Nami decides she must take a stand and remembers the, we the weapon she had asked Usopp to make for her. Just then, she is pierced through the shoulder by a spike that is sh shot through the wall behind her. Miss Doublefinger makes her appearance and tells Nami that fighting is futile, for she has eaten the spike spike fruit and can produce spikes from anywhere on her body. Nami puts the climate baton to use, but is only able to execute some harmless party tricks. How embarrassing. <laughs> And that's where I end it. <laughs> <laughs> like so embarrassing that even Miss Doublefinger is like feeling bad for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yep. uh, so let the fight commences. <laughs> if you want to call it that, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least, okay, at least with Zoro and Mr. One, like this seems like another perfect matchup, just like uh, Sanji and Bon Clay. Like, like I said, the swordsman versus the sword man. Like they're both multi-sword wielders, essentially. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this is kind of like a perfect matchup for um, Zoro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so explains those there's long a finger that Sean's been talking about yeah. all like, this whole <laughs> this whole time. Yeah, it, it kind of goes with his ability here. So, yep, seems by design. A cool power up too, like a human sword. We got a human sword and a human spike. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we have this um, this funny moment where um, Zoro says he would have joined Baroque Works if he could have been the boss. Oh, yeah. And uh, Miss Doublefinger finds this amusing. Yeah. Um, He's like, offer still stands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make me your leader. Yeah. <laughs> or no, I think he says he wouldn't want to be leader anymore. Yeah, he says I'm not interested in being the boss anymore. Only an idiot would yeah. want that job. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen the caliber of uh, Broke Work so far. <laughs> yeah, right. We also get introduced to the climate baton. Yeah. Which was alluded to, I think, in the last volume. Right? Was it the last volume when Nami received it? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it was the last volume of the volume before. I don't remember exactly. It was like as they were riding into to Alubarna. Yeah, it might have been the, the volume before. Yeah. But I don't know. I thought this was pretty funny because we see, you know, she's pretty much just executing party tricks, <laughs> which like which is she finds amusing herself, which I thought was laugh out loud funny because she was like, oh, what a surprise pigeons or something like like she was reacting to the, all these surprises like in amusement and then immediately like regretting that amusement and being like, how dare you, Usopp? yeah um, i think it's less um her being amused but i think it's more like nervous laughter kind of like yeah um it's yeah, a call, you're probably it, right yeah it's like reminiscent to like when um the unluckies 
drew their, their pictures um oh, yeah. back at whiskey peak and uh now he's like that's amazing like good job that looks just like us and then like a second later he's like well so much for that plan i was gonna leave <laughs> <laughs> so nami does this, like really well and it's hilarious every time <laughs> so that was so funny um yeah, she seemed she seemed mildly amused. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, now does not seem to be the best time to try to learn this thing uh on the spot. <laughs> yeah, right. Like she's trying to read like uh the instructions on like how it works, but it's like um like everything that Usopp is like giving so far is just, like like specifically for party tricks. Like she's like looking for a weapon. <laughs> specifically for parties. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which is so Usopp because we literally saw in the last volume the five ton hammer. And yeah. Like, like you're like, oh no, did he just make another paper mache uh, fake weapon for Nami? It was Usopp just trolling. Like, this this is not intended yeah. to, for actual battle. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it's just kind of funny seeing like Nami try to figure this out on the spot, and she's like, oh, here we go. Here's a rifle, and like, yep, yeah, like it shoots the flowers. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not like, going to how plan. can i love this thing she just throws on the ground and like like splits into like pieces <laughs> yeah like every time like like the, she does like a trick she's like like that idiot she like, throws on the ground <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then like after the pigeons like miss doublefinger's like are are you all right <laughs> she's like actually concerned for her <laughs> Yeah, and like her last words in his mind was like, poor thing. Like she's <laughs> feeling so bad for Nami trying to like do her thing. So funny. She's like, I'm still gonna kill you, but I feel bad about it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Miss Double Miss Doublefinger is showing like some pretty strong fighting capabilities, like being able to turn mm. herself into a spike. You know, she pierced through a wall and already spiked Nami through the arm. Yeah, that was the shoulder rough. area, which is pretty brutal. And then was able to like spike through an entire wall and, and kick it down. So she's yeah clearly pretty strong. So Nami needs to figure her shit out real quick. Yeah. So we get introduced to the, the two new uh, Devil Fruits here. We got yeah. like, a, a better sense of like what their fights are going to be like now. Um. Yeah. So for Nami so far, not looking too good. No. Oh, Um. but again, like, this little flashback sequence where it shows Nami like talking to Usopp about getting the weapon. Um. Like Usopp says that like he'll do it. She's like, "Oh, thank you, Usopp. I love you." And then Usopp's like, "Now about the cost of the uh, the materials." And she's like, "Thank you so much." Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but weapons <laughs> like this don't come cheap. I'm counting on you. Like, <laughs> just not accepting. Yeah. that she's going to have to pay. But like, if it was the other Classic way around, she's like, "Yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll charge you for the cost of materials, the labor, uh, plus markup, uh, you know, interest on that, and you know, the delivery fee." Like, she's gonna put like, all these charges on top of it. <laughs> Classic Nami. Yeah, I I think that's that's about it for this chapter. Yeah. Okay, so how about we move on? Uh, next part of the cover story. Hachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume Nine: A Sea Boar Hunted by a Sea Monster. Hachi comes across a large sea boar who is about to be eaten by an even larger sea creature. Big fish, bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have like a sea boar. The other one looks kind of like a like a chameleon. It's got like, like that curl. Yeah, it does. Tail. That tail. Yeah. Yeah. I can uh, see the, that. There's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish. 
wonder if that trident's going to come in use. Hmm, maybe. Might be there for a reason. We're going to find out. <laughs> uh, but for now, let's move on to chapter 191. She who controls the weather. Nami continues to dodge Miss Doublefinger's spike attacks while she attempts to learn how her new weapon works. She tries to hide indoors, but Miss Doublefinger easily breaks in. Nami throws part of her cloak over Miss Doublefinger, which buys her a few moments. As Nami frantically tries to read through Usopp's instructions, she get, she's getting the sense that all he came up with was party tricks, realizing that she needs to fight back in order to survive and can't run away anymore. Uh, she uses the climate baton parts to create different temperature bubbles, but they seem to be ineffective. Ready to end this fight, Miss Doublefinger closes the gap and skewers Nami's leg with a spike. Nami is able to discover the Cyclone Temple feature of the baton just in time, using the air to shoot part of the baton like a boomerang that sends Miss Doublefinger flying. Now getting frustrated, Miss Doublefinger recovers, then seemingly pierces her spikes through Nami's body, but it's just a mirage. Now that Nami has a better handle on how her weapon works, she is confident she can win this fight. Alright. Nami's figuring out how to work the baton. <laughs> yeah. So we have a little bit more of like um, kind of a little struggle going on. Nami is just trying to survive. It's um, She's on the back foot here. But she's starting to get a sense of her weapon and a better idea of how it works. So she's kind of seeing maybe she can she can actually uh, compete in this fight here. Yeah. Double finger showing the double stinger. You think that's why <laughs> double finger. Yeah. <laughs> Signature move right there. Double finger, double stinger. <laughs> Yeah, she's yeah. She definitely like seems to feel bad for Nami, but Nami finally gets like a shot in, or at least gets to deceive her with the mirage, which got me for a second. I was like, no way, <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah, you that's know? that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, that that was that was pretty clever though of Nami. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, she's like figuring out how to use the baton, which is like very involved. You know, there's like three components. Each one blows a different type of ball. Um, got the heat ball, the cool ball, and the thunder ball. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cool, like slowly watching Nami figure this out and like using the baton with more and more success, seemingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, before we get to too much of it working as in well, uh, working in our favor, and I was I was gonna say as intended, but I don't even think that's how it was intended. <laughs> <laughs> I think now I'm just kind of kind of like finding a way for it to work. Um, yeah, with what she has, and it ends up working out in her favor. Um, but I do think it's hilarious say that we still get uh, a few more of the party tricks, and somehow um, a boxing glove was able to fit into this little this little rod <laughs> um, i mean yeah usab has a serious future in like toy making <laughs> like i don't know like why he put so much focus on all these other things but it's hilarious because like they are so useless like in this fight and like, yeah. again like we talked about like there's like um a little part in the instructions where um 
she I think she's reading. And so the aforementioned tricks when performed at a party or celebration will live up the event and entertain everyone present. Like, <laughs> like he actually yeah. designed specifically for these party tricks to be <laughs> like a feature of this. Like as if like she didn't ask for a weapon, like she asked for just something for fun. Like <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> And then she notices like there's a note combat mode instructions can be found on the reverse side. So after going through all those party tricks that she didn't need, she finds out, okay, so there's actually a battle mode. Okay. So it was a little bit more thought into this than I thought. Yeah. That was a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> Got to lead with the, the combat mode though. Next time. <laughs> she asked for a weapon. She didn't ask for a party trick. Yeah. <laughs> but Nami does say she's been a thief for eight years. So, you know, this isn't her first rodeo. Right, just so some experience. She she does have, um, she's been in life or death situations, um, so she she can survive. You know, she's she's not as um, much of a pushover as she might seem. Mm-hmm. And we get to see yeah. a lot of cool moves from uh, Miss Doublefinger using her spike fruit to like, kind of make like a spike ball and the stingers and um being able to walk um inverted on the <laughs> ceiling using spikes yeah, yeah she like, like, it was cool seeing all the different moves <laughs> yeah there's a lot of cool moves by um uh, double finger yeah, for sure. she, you can tell she's like not taking this super seriously yet she's like smoking and like letting nami attack like she's not even <laughs> on the offensive she's just like curious what the next party trick's gonna be she's like not even <laughs> Not taking you seriously at all. Yeah, it's like um, she was just like blowing the bubbles. It's like, oh, that feels nice. That's like a little bit warm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's that's funny there. Um, but I think Nami does land one one good shot at the end, um, right before she was skewered, but not actually because it's just a mirage. Yeah. Um, but that was a cool, that was a cool, um, trick that she figured out pretty quickly. Like, um, she's a quick, a quick study. Yeah, for sure. But, and then like, uh, Miss Doublefinger is like also completely surprised at like how well the Mirage looked like at such a close distance. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's shocked that like that was even possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's very clever of Nami. Yeah, cool move. Maybe this baton isn't a total dud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Nami says she's finally understanding the climate baton. Uh, so she's found her confidence and she she's able to to actually fight back now. So there's a little bit of a learning curve, but she got there. Yeah. Okay. Everybody move on. Yep. Okay. Next part of the cover story. Hachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume 10, Hachi Saves the Sea Boar. Using his new trident, Hachi attacks a large sea creature and saves the sea boar from being lunch. Would you look at that? Right in the tongue. <laughs> so it did come in handy. I'm impressed, Hachi. I mean, that's a big, big creature that you slayed with a trident or at least scared off with a trident that's yeah kudos yeah he didn't he didn't back down and run away from this so um pretty brave Not gonna i'm lie. impressed 
All right, let's move on to chapter. Um, yeah, let's move on to the next chapter uh, for your summary. Chapter 192, Tornado Warning. At the palace, Miss All Sunday is able to hold off the guards from assisting their king. Sir Crocodile tells Vivi that he killed Luffy and ref she refuses to believe him. Crocodile then tells King Cobra his true motives. He's looking for the Pluton. Meanwhile, Nami and Miss Doublefinger continue to fight as Nami keeps miraculously dodging Miss Doublefinger's spikes. After a lot of trial and error, Nami begins to figure out how to use the climate baton and using her knowledge of weather, she formulates a plan. As Miss Doublefinger continues her attack, Nami forms a small cloud using the climate baton and waiting for the perfect moment unleashes a lightning bolt, zapping Miss Doublefinger. This attack only enrages Miss Doublefinger and she lands a killer blow on Nami's mirage. With a new confidence, Nami faces Miss Doublefinger and warns her, watch out for tornadoes. Yeah, I like the, um, the the confidence that Nami's having now. Yeah, in the the chapter she ends like really confident. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like seeing him back to back, it was almost the exact same outcome of the of the last chapter where she does the mirage. Um, she catches Ms. Doublefinger in a mirage twice because that was also the end of the last chapter we just read. Yeah. But anyways, to the beginning of this chapter. Yeah, let's start there. Um, Miss All Sunday's power is so strong. Like, she's <laughs> wicked strong. We haven't actually seen her like in too much of a fight yet. Like we saw her like fight Pal a little bit, but um, that was kind of like he was caught by surprise, and that was over pretty quick. Yeah, but like I feel like from what little we've seen of her, like her power is very strong. Like she's able to hold off like right here, like a whole battalion of guys. Yeah. Um, from entering a gate just with her power um, and she doesn't even have to be there she's still like you know up in the palace with everyone else yeah that's pretty cool pretty strong stuff um yeah and then we get a little bit more information about crocodile's motives here yep right so they kind of describe uh Pluton as being a weapon. Right? And, is that yeah, this chapter? Um, yeah, so Crocodile asks, where is Pluton? And Crocodile, I'm sorry, and uh, Cobra seems shocked that Crocodile even knows about Pluton. Uh, we don't really get too much more information about Pluton yet, but we know gotcha. that Cro Crocodile is looking for it. Yep. So if he's going through all this effort to obtain Pluton, it must be some kind of a big deal. Yeah. And this is the first time we've heard of it. Also seems like the first time that Vivi's heard of it. Yeah, Vivi also seems confused. Um, yeah, so I think the, like the silent reactions, but then like having the like the punctuation is different for each person, I think is a little indication. Um we don't get yeah, too much that was kind of cool. Miss All Sunday is thinking here, but like, you know, she, she, she's they thinking something. We can see that, like, you know, she has like the, the ellipses, but uh, we don't know exactly like what she's thinking about this. But like, Chaka seems a little surprised too, so maybe he might know about this. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's actually really clever, like breaking it down like that. You know, like VV, like just with the three um, punctuations, you know, like it's like VV doesn't know what's going on. She's probably mm -hmm. never heard of Pluton before. Miss All Sunday is kind of like a calculated response where <laughs> she she probably knows what's going on, but she doesn't really have an emotional like reaction. And then Chaka has an exclamation point, probably meaning he knows exactly what's happening and is alarmed by it. Yeah. Yeah. Like so knows, all that without saying a word. And he's scared <laughs> or alarmed. Yeah. And then so obviously right. we get we get Cobra's reaction, which is obviously like shock. Yeah. Um, but just before this, I like that um when BB asks like where Luffy is and then Krakula says that he's dead. Like Vivi's like, there's no way I don't believe that. So I love this confidence yeah. that um we, we've seen this with um I think we've seen this with, with other characters as well, or like they just have this yeah. confidence in Luffy. Um, but I love that that Vivi's also like kind of like on that on that train too, where she like, won't believe that that Luffy's dead. Yeah. Yeah, she refuses. And then Crocodile makes it clear that like his his plan does not allow for Vivi or Cobra to survive. Like his intention is to kill them along with the kingdom. They have to die in order for him to take over. So he yeah. has no intention of letting them live. So he, he's making that. I like the sound of that. <laughs> I like the sound of that one bit. Uh, so then, yeah, uh, the rest of the chapter is more the the Nami and Double Finger fight. So we kind of see more of Double Finger's abilities in action. Yep. <laughs> which which of me so the immediate next scene following what we just said miss double finger has nami pinned using her arms as spikes and her boobs as spikes <laughs> to pin nami to a wall so she's got she's got nami's head like in a vice essentially yeah. um and then turns her face into a spike and goes to headbutt nami to finish her off and nami somehow evades like throughout this entire fight, I don't yeah. know how Nami's been doing it. Like we know Nami has the like, uh, she's you know a thief and like has evasive maneuver ability, but like this is like next level. Like I mean, she's just like she's just dodging everything. Yeah, her agility is like very impressive. Yeah, but it's, it is hilarious. So like when like there's that panel like in the bottom right corner where like you know when her her boobs are like. Uh, like spikes over there, then like yeah. you start to see like her mouth kind of like uh, like pucker a little bit, and then it turns into the spike. So that that looks super goofy. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're seeing a little bit more um, more from uh, Double Finger, and it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Even it's a like, face is a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then we see her hair spike out. She has a bad hair day. Yep, the urchin hair. The yeah. urchin hair. <laughs> that was cool. And, uh, and we started to see, and then at that point, we started to see Nami really like finding her groove with this baton. I think like it's taken her a long time to get some kind of like comfortability with it, but it really is like a great weapon for her because of her yeah. knowledge of um, weather and like how to use the hot air and the cold air and the the lightning to in this case form a small little cloud um that she then like builds up with electricity and intentionally causes a lightning strike 
to accurately hit her opponent. Like that was pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. And then the the panel of the actual lightning strike looks so cool of when when Miss Doublefinger is getting shocked. Um it's like it's like on the last it's one of the Okay, last yeah, that, that's a cool one. So cool. Like yeah. such a dynamic, explosive uh panel there. Uh but I like this like the little build up too, because like um like before this like Nami is realizing that there needs to be more moisture in the air. So she starts like yeah. um she calls the rain tempo and she <laughs> she's like sprinkling the water out and then yeah. double fingers like a water show. And I was like sprinkler, and then uh, <laughs> this double finger just thinks she's playing around. She's like, "All right, the, the show's getting boring now." But now he's like, "I have a plan. Just like you know, deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> let me do it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm actually trying to do something." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. Like, wait, hold on, let me do this attack on you. <laughs> Be patient. Be patient with me here. Uh, and then we see. Miss Doublefinger, like, uh, she can, like, buff up her arms. Like, so she, yeah. she gets, like, jacked, and then she turns her arms, like, very spiky. Um, But then after that, she, like, her arms are still pretty jacked. So that's an, another uh, part of her ability we haven't seen before. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't really explain that. She's kind of, like, she, like, she, like, inserted the her spikes into her arm and was able to, like, jack herself up. <laughs> Yeah, you can tell she's taking it seriously, and and Nami's still able to land uh, some sort of attack. Like she's still standing, but then she immediately launches her counter attack, and Nami did another mirage successfully, and then is like super confident and like, watch out, <laughs> tornadoes are next. Yeah, so, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, and I like how Nami is kind of making like the like the weather forecast here. Yeah, it's like uh, but it's nice to see Nami like <laughs> falling into a groove and like fighting successfully. Like she's had her fights in the past and has been successful, and she also used like a staff in in those situations as well. She kind of mm. like had a staff yeah, that she's she did fought with, so she has like some experience with that type of weapon. Um, but it's cool seeing her like actually fighting a devil fruit user right now and like holding her own. Yeah. Because normally she, like at the beginning of this fight, is running for the hills and being like, Zoro, <laughs> Luffy, Sanji, help me. You know, like, um, and kind of relying on her more powerful allies to assist her. But, in, but she's holding her own. Yeah, for sure. And using her wits, too. Like, she's using her wits and her ability to, like, evade attacks. You know, like, holding her own. Yeah, and I like the point that you just made about her um, her weapon. It seems like the natural yeah. progression is like, uh, like again going back to like a video game comparison. It's like mm -hmm. you have like your basic weapon, then you get like the upgraded version of it. It's like uh, so it makes sense for Nami to have like a weather themed weapon. That's already yeah. like a version that she had before of like a standard uh, like bow staff. Um, in this case, like they call it a baton. Uh, so yeah, it's just cool that she has like this ability to use it so effectively with her knowledge mm -hmm. of like you know weather and like different temperatures and she uses it to uh to very smartly like fight back yeah it really does fit her it really fits her character and her fighting style like it's cool seeing her developing her fighting style yeah for sure 
I mean, she probably wishes that it wasn't in the middle of a battle with the devil for you <laughs> trying to kill her, but like, you know, she's figuring it out. <laughs> no time like the present. Yeah, right. Do or die. <laughs> All right. Uh, ready to move on? Yep. Hachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume 11, in the Mouth of the Sea Boar. The sea boar seems to have something in its mouth. Very fitting uh, title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that one pretty much sums it up. (laughs) Hodge is like, what's going on here? All right, let's get on to chapter 193, Utopia. Nami prepares to launch her final attack. Usopp explained that this is a one-time use attack, so Nami would have to make it count. Noticing Nami seems to be on her last leg, Miss Doublefinger spikes up her hair and charges into Nami. Nami manages to hold her back with her already injured foot as it gets pierced by the spike, but Nami says the pain is nothing compared to what Vivi's had to endure. She launches a tornado tempo, which can't miss at this range. To Nami's horror, two little toy birds shoot out at the ends. Then the end of the baton begins to spin as the toy birds wrap around Doublefinger, sending her flying through some walls, knocking her out. Back at the palace, Crocodile demands Cobra to tell him where he can find Pluton, a terrible ancient weapon named after the god of death. Crocodile goes on to explain that his ultimate goal is to use the weapon to become more powerful than the world government and gather an army of pirates to serve him. Cobra says he's not sure what where the weapon is located or if, it's, or if it even truly exists. Crocodile figured as much. He then threatens Cobra and tells him that in 30 minutes, a special cannonball will be fired into the palace square where the royal army is gathered, causing a three-mile crater. Crocodile then asks if Cobra knows where the the poneglyph is located, which Vivi wonders why he would need access to the recorded history. Cobra agrees to take Crocodile there, but Chaka cannot stand idly by any longer. Elsewhere, Zoro fights Mr. One, but is unable to cut through his steel body. Zoro says he doesn't know how to cut through steel, so he'll just have to learn. All right. So we uh, get the uh, the wrap up of the Nami and Double Finger fight. We get a little bit more plot progression. Uh, where do you want to start on this one? Let's start with the fight. I mean, I don't know what's more impressive at this point: uh, Nami's fighting capabilities <laughs> or Usopp's ability to create this weapon to the last possible minute. Because it's <laughs> got a lot going on in there. There's a lot going on in this baton, and he's. He said he was up against it too. He's like, yeah. I don't have much time to make this. I'll just throw something together. And like, <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I think Usopp really shines uh, his craftsmanship. Yeah, he probably could have done it in like half the time if he didn't put all the bells and whistles in for the party tricks. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Didn't need the flowers. You didn't need the <laughs> fake flower gun in there. That, that probably could have gone. Uh, but no, this was a cool scene. And like the, the panel of, uh nami sending miss doublefinger flying is very cool um there's kind of like this like spiral trail that she leaves as she's like sent back and it just looks, yeah. it, it just very it looks very cool on the page it is um the way that I was kind of frank is like nami didn't even kind of know what was happening and like <laughs> it just kind of worked out um but it was an interesting finishing move with the the toy, the wind up toy birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, then uh, ends up with um, you can see a double fingers uh, silhouette in um, both walls that she went through. Yeah. Because she was spinning, like it's oh, in good. different positions, but uh, yeah, her shape is still in the wall. Yeah, it was a nice touch. That was nice. Um, yeah, I think that was a, a great fight for Nami, and uh, it seems like she's figured out that baton pretty well. Yeah, and Nami shows a lot of grit here too. Um, like with her, like stopping um, Double Finger's head with her own foot. Oh yeah, which is pretty brutal. Like it just goes right through her foot. But like yeah. she, she says like it doesn't hurt compared to what Vivi's had to go through. So like even like in, in this time when like Nami's life is on the line, she's concerned about Vivi. Yeah. So that that shows um a little bit, a little bit more of uh, Nami's character here. Yeah, she has a lot of grit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. Let me jump into Crocodile. I, I kind of jumped the gun earlier. This is when he explains um, what Pluton is. Yeah. Um, and then also brings up the other, the archive. What was it? The Poneglyph. Yeah, the Poneglyph thing. Which begs me to ask, who is Crocodile's source? Like, who is telling him about this stuff? <laughs> How does he know? Like, there's got to be an inside person telling him that. Because that seemed like some very privy information pluton specifically was something that only the king would know it's something that's passed down through the king and he probably only tells his most close companions and allies so i'm like who how did crocodile get this information like that's a good question um you know like there's there might be an inside person who um flipped yeah or was um, like the crocodile had a way of getting that information out of somebody close to the king. Um, yeah, interesting point. But, but yeah, I'm curious how Crocodile got a hold of that and for all of that information. Yeah, so we do get more insight as as to exactly what this Pluton is. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's um, it's a name for the god of death. It was the most terrible weapon of the ancient world. One shot of it can vaporize an entire island to smithereens. Um. And then Crocodile, like we just talked about, seems to be aware that it's in this kingdom. And this has been what he's been aiming for this whole time. So all the stuff he's been going through is for this. Um, yeah, so this is our first introduction to, to like this type of thing in the, in the series. Um, but we, we, we don't have too much more here, but we have a better sense. This is kind of building up to like this being so important. Um, and crocodile in the past like broke works has said that like their goal is to create this utopia but it's really more crocodile's utopia for him it's very self-centered um he wants to be more powerful than the world government and this is his means of achieving it he wants basically to have a power that nobody can compete against and to have everybody following him to not be uh contested so pretty lofty goal world domination (laughs) (laughs) so he's essentially uh biting the hand that feeds him here because he's he's a legal pirate as a seven one of the seven warlords of of the sea he is uh basically he's cut a deal with the world government to operate as a pirate for um 
uh, of his profits. So he's he for the him like this isn't good enough. He he has loftier ambitions. He wants to be above those who are in power above him. So he wants to uh, kind of supersede them, and he wants to have that ultimate power so nobody can contest him. Yeah. I mean, he's a warlord. It's right and it's in his title. I mean, <laughs> he wants it all. Like, let's be real. Yeah. I mean, he has a pretty good gig here. Uh, so again, he's he's a legal pirate. Like they they let him do his thing. Um, but to him, that, that's not, that's just not good enough. So he's yeah. willing to throw that away. Get a jail free card, you know. Yeah. Like he wants it all. Uh, so and then. Crocodile is also saying how um, uh, he, he also is planning to destroy this part of the kingdom. He's going to blast a crater into the town center. So he's about to kill a bunch of people, too, on top of all that. Um, so he's he's kind of lured like the rebel army and the, the rebel guard to the, the town center here so he can kind of take out everybody all at once. So <laughs> as if he wasn't bad enough to begin yeah. with, like he's just taken to the next level now. <laughs> Keep piling on the evil this guy <laughs> he does not care and then we jump back into the fight back into the sword fight the swords fight <laughs> um yeah i'm loving this like you know i'm a big zoro fan and hmm. zoro is so badass through this whole fight like i love how he can't so he can't land a blow on mr one because he's a two he's made of steel he's yeah. made of sword and <laughs> instead of being scared of that he gets excited by the fact that he's like okay so if i beat you then i'll be able to cut through steel and i'm excited by that like that i feel like that like motivated him and got him amped up instead of scared by the fact that he can't he can't cut through his opponent yeah you know like he has no attack like he has no offense um yeah, Zero's basically saying oh. so I thought that was like a very cool perspective, you know, like it was a cool perspective and very like confident mentality um for Zoro. Yeah, and Zoro's basically saying once I defeat you, I'll have enough experience points to level up and get a new ability. So I know if I defeat you then I'll be the next level. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Just like that amount of confidence and uh <laughs> Lack of fear. Like, he's got no fear. Yeah, that. like, he's saying he feels bad for Mr. One for the position that he's in. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I feel bad for you because you're not going to be able to see me get to that level because <laughs> I have to go through you, so, like, you're not going to be able to see me cut through steel. Yeah, you're just the enemy I have to, to fight along the way. You're just my stepping stone. Yeah. Badass. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, so on that note, do you want to get us into the next summary? Yep. All right. Chapter 194, Cutting Steel. Zoro and Mr. One clash steel. The fight is on a knife's edge as Zoro's attacks are proving useless, but he's able to block Mr. One's attacks. Mr. One uses a powerful attack, Daisy Blades, which splits the building behind Zoro into pieces. As he's caught in the rubble, Zoro remembers a lesson his sensei taught him. A true sword has the power to cut, but also to not cut. Zoro still seems to be figuring that one out, 
but is determined to cut through steel. Zoro rises from the rubble and picks up a massive chunk of the building and hurls it at Mr. One. A short summary, but this is mostly a fight chapter. It's pretty much all fighting. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, lots, lots of cool. Any stuff. Zoro fight, like I am so, I am so there. <laughs> I love Zoro's. I love Zoro fights. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of amazing panels in this. Um, this fight scene is just super fun, and it's. I think it's cool seeing Mister One's ability. He kind of like takes the form of a sword at times, um, which is kind of cool, but then like all of his limbs are pretty much just blades. Yeah, except right at the beginning, we see like he turns the leg into a blade as well. So he goes yeah. to kind of kick Zoro and then Zoro blocks it, but he has like that grin on his face. Yeah. Um, and like Zoro, he, he talks so big, like uh, he's like, I have no idea how many swords when you fought over the years, but you've never met someone like me before. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, there's like this cool panel too, where it's like right after that, like, um, like Mr. One does this kind of like spin move over here. And then he mm-hmm. like, uh, goes into like a razor claw. So he turns his fingers into, to claws. Um, so just, just some cool, like, um, you know, fight moves here. Yeah. Some very cool moves. And we see, we see the three sword style, um, from Zoro and he lands what, would probably be a fatal blow to anyone else who is not made of steel. Um, but Mr. One absorbs it. Yeah. yeah even even the, the Onigiri would just kind of go to. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I, and again, like this is such a fun fight scene in the same sense that Bon Clay and Sanji was such a great fight scene because they're just like so perfectly matched for each other. You know, it was like meant yeah. to be. Um you know, I think I think that it just it just makes for some like really fun fight scenes. You know, sword versus sword, foot versus foot. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we're cool. yeah, cool we're matchup. We're seeing Zoro here. He he's not in a position where he's at a disadvantage. Like we've seen a lot of his past fights. Right. Um, he's usually down a sword or like swords were broken. Um, now he has to like grab some other random sword. Um, yeah. so like, we've seen like Zoro, or he's been like severely injured, and, like he's like on the verge of death. Like, we've seen like a lot of disadvantages with Zoro, so now we're actually seeing Zoro kind of like, um, take on an enemy where like he he has a chance to to fight all out at, at full strength, but Zoro just lacks the ability to to win the fight in this moment. Um, but we're, we're seeing Zoro try to figure out how he can go about that and try to uh, get the upper hand. Zoro's still not concerned even though he doesn't really have a way to, to defeat uh, his opponent. But um, right. yeah, but we see Zoro is actually at full strength at this point, which is pretty yeah, rare. I love how, <laughs> I love how he's like not letting that fact discourage him. It's just getting him like more amped up on the fact that in order for him to defeat this person, he's going to have to do these, like he's going to have to cut through steel. He's going to have yeah. to do these things. And I think that's such a, uh, I don't know, such a, like a warrior's mindset on like mm-hmm. how to get through a battle like this because you know mo- I feel like most people would be discouraged or lose hope, where he's kind of like amped up and is excited by the fact that he's gonna have to learn a new skill in order to get through this fight. Yeah, Zoro's not like or let me run away. He's never done before. Yeah, Zoro's yeah. not like let me run away and, and try to figure out how to do this and do it at a different time. Zoro's like no, I'm warning mm-hmm. right now. He's determined to do it right now. Yep. And we see Mr. One's incredible power. Like we already saw it 
earlier when he split the column, but now he splits an entire building into like five massive chunks yeah. <laughs> with an attack. And then Zoro's covered in the, in the rubble, goes into this flashback sequence, which I thought was really cool seeing him and his his uh, sensei um, talking about sword fighting. And then in the next panel, he's literally lifting like, I don't know, <laughs> a couple tons worth of building. Like, I feel like I've said this in the past. Like, there's no way Zoro is a mortal man. Like, he's, <laughs> he's got power. He has strength way beyond, like, a standard human. Um, I mean, this building is, like, it's an entire fucking building. Pretty much. Like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Like, he is just but he's but a human, a mortal human, and he's lifting probably like three tons worth of building that he then throws um, at Mr. One. So like, I don't know. Hey, in, in his defense, he does some serious weightlifting. Uh, we saw yeah. the last volume where he okay, was like, how many pull-ups you do. <laughs> you can't lift an entire building. No, he's, that, doing, he's, uh... he's holding over three stories of building. <laughs> he was doing the, the curls with um, eyelashes on, on top of the weights uh, last volume. Um, yeah we see him like lifting like the like the giant uh, um like weights uh in the past as well um yeah so he's doing the his eyelash know, on, the, on his sword i think he was doing the curls now i mean this this is beyond like the the feet of like a normal human but you know like zero said you never met anybody like him before yeah and then know. mr there's one more, i don't know like obviously i don't want any spoilers but i feel like there's got to be more to zoro than just like a super strong mortal human I don't know. It's it just like he has these incredible feats of strength that I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> He's too strong. He's too strong. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think I mean, he, I love he just it. I love puts Zora, in the work. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> he does the one punch man exercise. Hundred, hundred push ups, hundred sit ups, hundred squats every day. That's it. Oh, and he runs a ten k. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I do, I do love this concept here. Um, that Zero's kind of thinking back on this, this concept of being able to not cut something, which is kind of counterintuitive with you know using the sword or in this fight where he's trying to cut something that's like super hard. But there's also mm. like this uh, like concept of having this mastery of the sword to the point where you can actually choose not to cut something, even though like you're directly cutting it. So that that in itself is a skill that is hard to master so it sounds kind of like oh why would i not want to cut something but again um th that's like a technique that is like kind of like next level yeah oh yes leads so well into what is to come um but yeah i thought that this, that flashback sequence was, was really great short and sweet got the point across and zoro's riled up <laughs> but, but yeah. also still trying to figure it out like it's cool watching him slowly figure this out yeah, like during the flashback, though, it's like, uh, like his master tells him to watch the shoot paper very carefully, Zoro, and he, like it's just dropping, it, and he goes, Wap! and Zoro's like, uh, it's still one piece, like, <laughs> but he's just demonstrating that there's more to a sword than just like, you know, cutting everything in sight. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. So, any other thoughts on this one? Uh, I think I'm good to move on.
Okay. So before we get into the last chapter of the volume, we have the next part of the cover story. Hachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume 12, Kami the Mermaid and Starfish Papagoo. A mermaid and a starfish have been freed from the seaboard's mouth. So that's what was in the mouth. Ah, uh, I should have known. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so this is the first time that we're seeing a mermaid. Oh, yeah. Just uh, pointing that out. Cool. Lots of sea creatures, but not as not a mermaid. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Do you think he's, <laughs> do you think the mermaid's gonna fall in love with Hachi? Only one way to find out. Hachi's on a roll, man. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Sorry, what would you say? <laughs> no, I was just saying Hachi's on a roll. I think that uh, <laughs> you know this might be a romantic, or maybe maybe he dates a starfish. I don't know. We we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a story for another time. Because, uh, <laughs> now we have chapter 195, Mr. Bushido. Zoro throws a building at Mr. One as he tries to figure out what his master's teachings meant. Mr. One easily dices up the building into small pieces. Zoro continues to slash at Mr. One, who is able to deflect all of Zoro's blows. Mr. One makes it clear that he's not a swordsman as he turns his arms into blades and spins them like a buzzsaw. Zoro stops the attack with the swords, which causes sparks. Mr. One knocks Zoro's swords out of the way and saws into Zoro's torso before sending him flying. He sees Zoro is still alive, so he attacks him again and causes the pillar behind him to crumble. To Mr. One's surprise, Zoro is standing as all the pieces of debris manage to miss him. Zoro has an epiphany as he realizes he could sense where the rocks would fall where his sword landed. He can sense the breathing of his surroundings. He realizes that this must be the technique he would need to use in order to not cut something with his sword, as well as be able to cut steel if he chooses. Mr. One goes to land the finishing blow on Zoro, but Zoro can sense the breathing of the steel and manages to slash Mr. One's steel body. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty metal. Like you were saying, this is what needs for the next level. Like Zoro is on some next level shit in this chapter. Like that was so cool. Like you said, like the epiphany, like his aha moment when he mm. all of a sudden is like, oh, I get it. Yeah. What not to like, I can like being able to like know what to cut, what not to cut. Um, He like runs his, he like runs his, um, sword through a tree branch but doesn't cut it at all yeah just kind of testing out to see if he he's got to figure it out and then he intentionally cuts a boulder in half like i don't know that was so cool <laughs> and then that final shot like the final page of of this volume uh super badass super badass yeah that was cool yeah he, he ends by saying my thanks and he thinks to himself, now I'm stronger. So he, he just saw, like I said, he just saw yeah. um, Mr. How One cool. as like a stepping stone. So cool. I mean, and he, ta he does take a beating this time. He really gets. Yeah, he gets up messed up. <laughs> like, 
chainsaw to the gut multiple times. Yeah, you can see his blood flying everywhere, and then like you can see like all the cuts like in his um like his his torso. Um, yeah, so he, he takes a serious beating here. Serious beating, but we know he can take a serious beating. We've seen that many times. <laughs> like how much? Maybe not take? this bad, but pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna continue saying how much of a beating he took. Like he took a lot of unblocked shots, like, and then stood right up. Yeah, and was able to land a like a, a finishing blow after that, which is pretty impressive. With a single sword, too. Yeah. So yeah. we're just kind of talking about how Zoro's. Uh, he started out the fight like, yeah, you know, full strength and. Uh, he, he's taking a beating, but like it, it's he he still is able to overcome this and like apply the new thing he just learned. Yeah, and that's the thing that that gives him the edge in this fight. Yeah, but like I I just like imagine here like Zoro is just kind of like having like this kind of quiet moment to himself where he's just very like introspective, and like you know he's like like he he gets like, he feels like he can like tell something is breathing like. Like the way everything kind of gives, I guess, like kind of an aura, different aura. Like the different types yeah. of materials, I think, kind of give like this aura that you can sense differently. And like that's how we would cut it differently is because he can sense, he can sense it. So like he knows where his sword is. Um, it's almost kind of like um, he's kind of getting like the force here. Like, <laughs> yeah. like everything has kind of like a, like a like a like a living sense around him. Absolutely. And just kind of happens yeah, to cool. dodge, um, not not so much dodge, but like like he manages to not get hit by the falling debris, um, just by knowing where to stand, where it'd be safe, where he wouldn't get hit. Right, and exactly where his sword was. That was so cool. Yeah, and then I also like how Mister One um, says like he's not a swordsman. Um, it's like he wants to make it clear, like he's a, he himself is kind of like a sword, but he's not a swordsman. So he's not afraid to right. use like other types of techniques, whereas you know Zoro is dedicated as a swordsman. So, right. Um, so it's, it's a little different. In, yeah, it's a little different in the in this kind of sense where Zoro will typically fight the swordsman, but this is like a, kind of a little different take on that. Yeah, but such a cool matchup, and like, yeah, yeah Zoro is definitely walking out of this fight a new man. Like, he definitely leveled up. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool because we know this is going to have to happen because he's going to have to face stronger opponents. And like, I'm still like, you know, waiting for him to fight Mihawk again, which I know probably won't happen for a very long time. But like, um, you know, can't wait for that and can't wait to see like what he learns. And because I know that that's on his mind too. Like, that's what like he's looking, you know, I feel like Mihawk kind of set like the bar for him. Yeah. You know, and like, I think he realized he's got to grow as a swordsman and like is like trying to push himself on their new things. And like here we get to kind of see that in action. And like, you know, Nami had kind of a similar epiphany or like breakthrough in this in this volume. And like even Sanji had like a breakthrough moment fighting Von Clay. Um, maybe less so than the other two, but like, you know, they all kind of had like a cool <laughs> moment in this volume where they all defeat their their matchups you know yeah so I thought that was 
a cool, a very like fulfilling volume on a whole, like seeing all of our, all of our uh, heroes succeed. So, yeah, very satisfying, um, satisfying fights. Um, yes. Yeah. So they're taking on more formidable foes than they faced in the past. So even within Baroque works, like, you know, they, they were handling a lot of the upper agents pretty easily. Um, like Mr. Five and um, uh, Miss Valentine's Day. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Like they, they kind of like just kind of beat them off screen. Uh, so Baroque works didn't really seem to be too formidable. But now like with um, a lot of the officer agents, we're seeing that they are kind of at a different level than what we've seen before. So they, they cool. are uh, legitimate like threats. And the oh, Star yeah. Hats are kind of stepping up to to match them. They're not easy fights, and they're um, they're definitely being tested. But they're they're proving that they're um, you know, that they're stronger than you know who they're facing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I feel like I'd commented on that in previous volumes, being like, "Man, this yeah. this fight doesn't <laughs> seem like worthy." But yeah, I think it was just like all building up to this this moment, this war, and and these like boss battles, kind of all happening now so yeah and they are in the grand line now huh they are in the grand line now yeah and like we just talked about how zero kind of had like these disadvantages so to kind of like level the playing field like zero has been a little bit stronger than some of the other opponents but he's been like you know um put in a position where you know he didn't have the upper hand so he's kind of finding out like one hand tied behind his back kind of deal yeah. Um, yeah. Luffy a lot of times kind of gets in these situations where like he's like stuck and he can't really fight at full force. But like in these cases here, the Straw Hats are able to kind of go like all out. And you know, like we've seen Luffy, Luffy was defeated. Like he couldn't even like lay a, like a single blow on Crocodile. It wasn't even like a match. Yeah. It was like it's basically just Luffy punching sand for three minutes and then like getting pierced and like left for dead. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That was not a satisfying fight where we've had like <laughs> now we've had three satisfying fights with our well four you also a chopper and uh Usopp kicking hmm. some butt last yeah. volume. Um but yeah, it's kind of cool seeing the the crew on a whole kind of making some um having some realization moments and growing stronger and having some serious uh street cred now. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to see how the rest of Baroque Works gets handled here because now we're we're getting close to the end. Um, we have two more volumes to go yeah. through for for the arc, uh, but now most of the agents have been defeated. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens with um, Mister One and Zero here, um, and the next volume, uh, and we'll see how the rest of uh, Alabasta goes. I can't wait. I'm super <laughs> excited. I'm, I've been really loving this arc. Yeah, and. Yeah, I mean, two more volumes, right? In this, um, in Brokeworks. Yeah. Yeah, then we'll, we'll get to wrap that up. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, but well, that's we, just going... when we thought Crocodile couldn't get any more evil. Turns yeah. out he's like <laughs> way more evil. Yeah, he he also ups his game too. He, he goes yeah, to the next level totally. villain. <laughs> also, Sunday too. I think like I think she's way more powerful than than we've seen. Just like from her power and like her demeanor, like yeah. she just seems really, really strong. Yeah, and again with uh, Missile Sunday, 
we we don't know too much about her. It's like what what's her deal? Yeah, like, there's more to her. Like why did she help? She seems to be playing both sides. Yeah, like, yeah. She she doesn't really seem to be fully committed to Crocodile in a way, um, because you know she went and helped Luffy, but we don't know why she did that. Right. Yeah. So I guess we'll. And we've also seen her and Crocodile out. kind of like butt heads a little bit. Yeah, like no, nothing like Sorry, too. No, uh, nothing like too too drastic, but like yeah, they they don't always seem to be exact on the same page. But Miss All Sunday yeah. is just kind of going along with things. All right, but that's going to conclude this week's episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. You can find this episode wherever podcasts are found at We Are Reading One Piece podcast dot dot com, or on our YouTube channel at We Are Reading One Piece. This is a spoiler-free channel up to where we have recorded the podcast, so if you're new to the series, you can visit the channel there. You can also find me and this podcast on my YouTube channel at Pirate King Codex for various One Piece content. Uh, I haven't really had too much coming out lately. I've been a little busy, especially with the, the trip to Japan. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a little bit more uh, coming up soon. I want to do like a little bit of coverage on my trip there. Uh, so stay tuned. But uh, that will be all for this episode. Next episode, we'll be discussing Volume 23, Hope. I've been Joel, and I've been joined by my co-host, Evan. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for coming aboard. Uh, Be sure to bring along all your hopes and dreams, and we'll see you on the next episode.